Hello, uh, well, welcome to the after party tonight. Uh, how are you doing? If you uh, say hi in the chat down below, I have a new guest with me tonight for the first time on the after party here. Hi, everyone. New guest or a new interviewer? Yeah. <laughs> well, Something like, like that. I don't, I don't know if we figured out how the after party works yet, but uh, this yeah. is where we are. So, Yelena is here tonight. Um, we are, what did, let me just figure out what cameras we got here. Okay, there we go. There's one for me. There's one for both of us. There's the one, one for, for Yelena. Me. Okay, yes. I just got to figure out Hi. which one is which. <laughs> but uh, welcome to that. Yes, Yelena is with yeah. us. Bobby is still a little under the weather. Yeah, so. it's been like a week. I know. Bobby, we need you. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> <laughs> we need Bobby back. We need Bobby but, back. But uh, she's, she's on her way. She's on the mend. Yeah. Uh, Bobby's actually going to be teaching on Sunday, assuming that she's ready to go. We'll have a plan right. B in place, but uh, excited yeah. about that. So Yeah, me too. I yeah. just I just got her script. For oh, did you? Nice. Message. Okay. Yes, yeah. actually, so did I. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Yeah. Because we have a little extra time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. All right. I love the series. It's been really, yeah. Yeah. I mean, great. so far, we're only three weeks in, but so far yeah. it's been pretty fun, I think. So I think it's great. Okay. Yeah. A few people watching, say hi in the chat so we know who's here. And then also, of course, if you have any questions or whatever, just uh, jump in and we'll, we'll do our best to respond. This yeah. is. This is your first time on the after party, right? My first time on the after party. All yeah. last season, we never had you on once. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Yeah. So there we go. I we mean, missed out my, on that. My, in my one. husband was wondering about that. <laughs> he, he was <laughs> like, "What is going on when? with this church? Why have they not put Yelena on the after party?" <laughs> no, he's more like, "I want to hear from more people." I think he's so. an extrovert. He's an. Yeah. Extro I'm more of an introvert. He's yeah. an extrovert. So he's like, "The more voices, the better for him." Yeah, so. I, I think that's great. Yeah. So. Yeah. And this this season, hello, okay, Ashley's here. Oh, look at there's Dennis. There he is, uh, finally. He's <laughs> <laughs> saying, finally, Yelena is uh, on the after party. So there you go. Oh, this was mainly funny. for Dennis. Yeah, Bobby yeah. took the bullet for Dennis to get yeah. to get you on here. So I think I think this year, though, um, joking aside, we are going to try to have um, a more more different voices from the staff. I think mm -hmm. last year, after party was sort of. Um, this sort of after-the-cuff idea. It was like, okay, mm -hmm. we hit COVID. How do we do this? Mm -hmm. So Bobby and I came up with it. But I think this season we've been talking about, well, we've already had Scott on. We've had you on. Mm -hmm. um, have Larissa, Larissa on. Yeah. I think maybe not next week, maybe the week after or something. So um, yeah. try to have some different voices on. I've been the one mainstay for the first three weeks. But that's not, <laughs> not necessarily by design. It's more because uh, Bobby's been uh, out, of, yeah. out of action. So Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. No, I, I love the... Uh, the panel that we had was Mita yeah. and David. That was and, a lot of fun. Yeah, that one was yeah. great. That one was, I mean, also not. Uh, how do I say this? I mean, that was a, that was an important conversation. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are these are fun. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's nice to sort mm -hmm. of check in and and babble mm -hmm. a little bit about the weekend or whatever we we're thinking about. <laughs> but that was, I think, a really significant and important yeah. conversation. Um, for our community to hear and to hear those voices and mm. to wrestle and grapple with that moment. Um, Hopefully, those lessons are still sort of ongoing. Hopefully, we're all continuing, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Actually, this is terrible. It's not terrible. It's, it's, it's a good conversation. But I was, <laughs> I forget what we were doing. We were watching TV or something. And we were watching basketball. Okay. And they have all of the Black Lives Matter stuff. Right. Um, and the announcers were talking about it and my son was like all lives matter and i was like whoa hold on oh. like, <laughs> so i was like i was like where, where uh, did you hear that he's like i didn't hear that like everybody matters and so it was it was good yeah. because yeah. as a seven-year-old mm -hmm. you know he's he's just he's just reacting to these yeah. things and talking at yeah. first i was like worried he was 
he was picking yeah, that up at school right. or something, but it wasn't. So then we actually just sat down and we had a conversation about, yeah, you're right. All lives do matter. But why are we talking about mm -hmm. black lives in this moment? Mm -hmm. And we had talked about it, you know, during some of the protests. We had gone to the protests here in Calgary and, and mm -hmm. talked about those things. But it was just another moment to sort of, OK, how do we talk about these things as a family? And, and what does that mean? Which is it's kind of an yeah. interesting moment. At first, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, is he hearing this at school? You know, what is this? But, what do we need, like, correct yeah. here? Exactly. But it was. It was just sort yeah. of a, an innocent seven-year-old yeah. sort of talking about these things. Yeah. Um, huh. Which is kind of neat. So, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> well. Um, How, before we get to something yeah. serious, you look like you were about to dive into, like, real conversation. Absolutely. But, yeah. I have my, <laughs> I like, I'm here to, to like, promote groups okay, so okay, get ready okay. people we'll get but okay <laughs> well, i was gonna say how, how was your week going first Bobby um usually sort of talks about um yeah like how was our week yeah that's what i have for. here oh, okay. i have like my first question oh. what do you bring with you here today <laughs> <laughs> it's the end of the day lots it. of things are happening yeah. it's been a busy day. Um, your yeah. dog was sick Yes, our little puppy was sick for five days. And today I finally got to the vet and I got an earful from the vet. Oh, really? I was like, I haven't been yelled at oh. <laughs> like in so long. <laughs> this was like, this was kind of shocking to my so system. What, what I was, was the... I don't know. Well, maybe it's like, it's just the conversational style of that person. I don't oh. know. But she was just like, you... um. Yeah, she's like, anytime dogs have this kind of issues, it's mistake of the owner, you're not doing something right. Whoa. And I was just getting like, and then and then she's like, girl, listen to me. I'm like, whoa, I don't know what to do with this language. Really? Yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, I know. It was That's a bit aggressive. Of, it was a bit intense. But she had my like my interest in mind. I, I was just like, she's just like do what I tell you to do. Like, okay, I just felt yeah. like a five-year-old a little bit, but then I, cool. I kind Come of on. processed with Dennis and I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Now I'm scared to go back. Speaking about fear. We'll be talking more about fear She's going to drag people away and then the dogs are going to be worse. Yeah, I think My she's My poor dog. She's I mean, if he was sick, I would just be like, all right, wait till you get better. <laughs> yeah, well, Cedar's we just been felt, through a lot. I love Cedar, yeah. but Cedar's been through a lot. He always pulls through, though, so I don't worry about him. I've just decided he's a golden retriever. He eats everything. Everything, yeah. He eats unhealthy things all the time that he shouldn't be eating. Like paper. I saw him chewing oh, on paper goodness. once. Yeah. My son, <laughs> here you go. My son made this art project, and he worked on it. He like Sometimes he loses focus, but he worked yeah. really hard, and he did this thing where he was drawing circles, and they were overlapping, and yeah. then he would color the different sections, different colors. He worked on this forever, and then... This was just a few days ago. Rachel came home and she texted me. She's like, Cedar ate his project. <laughs> oh my God. And she's like, he's going to be uh, devastated. And I was like, well, just don't tell him. Like, you know, okay. maybe he'll be busy. And so we went, we got through most of the night. It was like yeah. just before bedtime. And then he's like, where's my project? And we're oh like, oh, yeah. And then he was devastated. devastated. He was yeah. devastated. He was like, he said to me, he's like, I am never making art again. Okay. He's like, a, He's like a tortured artist who's like, oh, yeah. I'm never making art again. <laughs> no the appreciation. Ruined it, so. Well, at least anyway, he didn't fine. say like it's between you and the dog. Yeah. You know, like me and the dog. <laughs> Cedar's like, gotta choose. go. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, Cedar eats everything. He gets sick. 
Yeah. But he pulls through, so. Yeah. Well, she's 10 months old, and we're just, we were just a little bit worried. That's true. And I think she, she's kind of, I think she will bounce back. But yeah. it was just like, I was like, whoa, this is a bit intense. When my kid gets a cold, I'm like, all right, sleep it off. <laughs> if you think my dog yeah. is going to the vet every time he gets a cold, come on. Okay. Uh, now people are going to be uh, calling the SPCA. I love my dog. He's very well looked after. <laughs> my dog lives like a life of luxury, so it's fine. Anyway. Uh -huh. I'm glad that Jojo's going to be fine. Yeah, she's going to be fine. Yeah. And then I had three meetings today with people just checking out different groups and kind of letting you know There's what they're looking into for. Promoting groups. I know, I know. There it I is. Know. Good. Is there like no, a but that was no, no, no. That was like my my day started like this, mm. and then it was like the kind of conversations I had. It took a turn up. And it was wonderful, and nice. now we're doing this. I, yeah. Hey guys, people are jumping in here saying you need a better vet. Right? But we're going to give her, we're going to give her, we're going to cut her some slack here. <laughs> we're thinking. She was looking out for JoJo. Uh, she, yeah, she was like. But that's good. I mean, I, it is, it is um, right now. I mean, groups are always sort of important. But right now, I mean, it feels like I think a lot of us are really needing more connection, connection. than normal. Mm -hmm. We're not getting the same type of interaction with human beings. Mm -hmm. People come by the, uh, today. Patrick, <laughs> who um, owns a landscaping com company and does our um, sprinklers here at the church. So I'm walking by and I'm like, yeah. Patrick! And I ran outside <laughs> and chatted with him just because I was like, I'm nice. going to have a conversation with a yeah. human being. Yeah. So. It's so different now. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about Joy? Uh, my day was pretty uneventful. Okay. Uh, I went to Freshy for lunch. I got a burrito. Okay. And here's the thing. Okay. Listen, if we're anybody who's been to Freshie before, I love Freshie. But sometimes uh, this burrito was okay. all just rice. Okay. Like I got it was like Tex Mex. And there wasn't mm -hmm. even sauce. There was no beans. There was I, I asked Salad? for tofu. So no. there was tofu in it. But it was just like white rice and white tofu. Okay. It was Not disappointing. A lot of color. Yeah. It was disappointing. <laughs> you so. put some sriracha on it? No. I didn't. I should have. I should have come. Actually, I ate it in the car okay. on my way back to the office. If I had got back to the office, I could have put sriracha. Was in the on white it. tortilla as well. Was in a white tortilla. Oh, I okay. It's like just... no color. No color. Yeah. No flavor. I was Aww. a little disappointed, but whatever. Right. That that's that's the most exciting thing that happened to me today. Yeah. Or the least exciting thing, I suppose. Yeah. So. Oh well. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I go to Freshie all the time because it's rice all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or, or sorry, I quit going to Freshie because it's rice all the it's time. It's rice all yeah. the time. Mucho, yeah. mucho is amazing. I love mucho burrito. That's what the suggestion here is. Mm, okay. But um, there's a Freshie that's right near the yeah. office. And the mucho is a little farther. But you're right, mucho. If you want a burrito, mm. my mucho is mm. much better. Mm. I don't understand because Freshie, when you get a bowl, burritos. Yeah. when you get a bowl from Freshie, I think the, the quantities are quite good. Right. But it's like as soon as they put it in a burrito... It's just, they just up the rice. And they just don't know how to like fit it mm -hmm. all in. Maybe. It's just. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Don't get Jeremy going on Mucho. <laughs> it's Mucho is delicious. Has anybody been to Quesadilla? Is that it? Or no, yeah. it's uh, Quesada. There's any place around. It's okay. Yeah. But if you're a vegetarian, their beans aren't as good as Mucho's mm. beans. So there's one of those near our house. It's yeah. okay, but. I'm go. still learning all my food places in Calgary. Oh, your Tex-Mex places? So if you and want, if you really want good tacos, um, <laughs> like uh, Mucho's fine. But really, where you need to go is El Chorito on right. Edmonton Trail. Yeah, that place Their is burritos are incredible. Their tacos are incredible. Yeah. Now, it's a little hole in the wall. It's not a mm -hmm. chain. But, I mean, that's, that's why delicious. it's better. It's mm -hmm. good. So we've taken the staff there before. Yeah, that was, that was great. All right. So on Sunday... We yep. we're doing the series Strange Exchange. Yeah. What what have your thoughts about the series so far? 
Um, I like it. And I was just thinking about like questions in general and thinking about groups. I feel like it happens regularly in groups. Mm. Strange exchange can be another name for like (laughs) small groups. (laughs) Sometimes you're like having conversation and something like (laughs) gets asked and and you get on a rabbit trail of some sort and you're like, what is this? This is strange. Um, And just in general, the role of questions Mm. in a conversation and shaping a conversation and kind of helping you, um, yeah, kind of asking questions as a means to getting somewhere, somewhere else, someplace else uh, for you and like this community that you're gathering with. Bobby asked that question on the first week when Mm. we just started Strange Exchange. Mm. He asked me like, what's your relationship to questions? Yes. Yeah. Because... Bobby's on this. You probably have too. Like some days, like I'm great. And some days I just, I like, I don't like questions. I don't like staff asking me questions. I just want to like, <laughs> just want people to tell me what's going on and move yeah. on and move yeah. quickly, you know? And like, I don't know. Yeah. So what's your relationship with questions? Do you like, do you like well, being asked questions? I, this was actually like for groups, when I write questions right. every week, I write a little like check-in question. Right. And one of my questions for, um, my first question for the series for groups was, are you a question asker? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I have become more of a question asker, mm-hmm. um, partly just because um, it was not a culture of my family. We oh, are kind of people okay. who do not like... Like in my family, we just don't talk to each other. <laughs> we, like we talk to each other when we need to. And all our questions uh, kind of come down to like, are you doing okay? Okay. And um, and that's kind of the level of um, depth, you know, like yeah. we don't go like deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because of, I don't know, maybe because Why? of Is that fear. like a family thing or a culture thing? I think it's both. It's a culture okay. thing, but it's also a family thing because questions... Um, I'm actually a question asker in my family and I get people uncomfortable. (laughs) So sometimes I'm like, okay, reel it in. Don't like, don't, don't, don't go there because Mm -hmm. like, um, yeah, it's, uh, like questions kind of make you, um, like you encounter some truths Mm -hmm. like through some questions, especially when they're very personal and in the context of a family and you don't want to go there. And, um, Yeah. And I will be in my family, I'll be the person who'll be like kind of pushing everyone in. Come right. on, come on, come on. It's like, because for me, like, I, like, I'm never afraid of conflict. I was like, let's have a little conflict yeah. and figure things out. And my mom, I think she's a total like nine on the Enneagram. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, let's keep peace. Let's not. Yeah. So, questions, I find questions um, like fascinating in general. And, um, but also like for deeper questions, you need mm-hmm. this level of trust. Right. Because right. I feel like even in like in my family, we're not at the level of the kind of questions that we we want to deal with. Right. You know, like there's not enough. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm trying to get a trust by asking questions. but mm-hmm. Maybe I should go the other way around. I don't know. I feel like yeah. Questions are there. It's an interesting thing because I think, you know, when whenever you want to talk about something, you know, you yeah. have something and you want to share that like there's that you're like, you're looking for someone to ask you that question. You want someone mm-hmm. to bring that out of you. Mm-hmm. And then there is that level where sometimes you just you just want to observe, you just want to sit back mm-hmm. or you don't want to engage. And then questions can feel like this sort of burden. And so yeah. some maybe some of it is just um, 
you know, comes down to our EQ in terms of how we read each other and how we decide, mm -hmm. you know, when to ask a question and what that looks like. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. At our house, we always do around dinner, we do highs right. and lows. So yeah. what was yeah, your yeah. high for the day? What was your low for the day? So, yeah. you know, those are the questions that always get asked around the table. Um, like and it. then everybody has to answer yeah. those. We go around the table that way. So, yeah, that's kind of building a little like culture. Yeah, 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 totally. And I mean, part of it's part of it's the ritual of it. Right. So right. it's like every, you know, every day after school, you knows that we're going to talk about highs and lows. And mm -hmm. so, you know, some days mm -hmm. he comes home with them. You know, like mm -hmm. he knows what he wants mm -hmm. to talk about, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. that's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, some days we have to drag it out of him. And some days mm -hmm. it's just like, oh, I don't know. I don't have anything. I just want to watch my yeah. iPad or whatever. Yeah. So, oh, well. But I was thinking about it as well this morning, just like um, have questions actually changed my life right. in some way. And uh, they have. Like uh, one time my life got changed when I was asked. Like I was 24 and my mentor just asked me, what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. It was like, who's your life sort of? And I was like, well, I want to, you know, teach and I want mm -hmm. to learn more about the Bible. And he's like, well, you need to go to region college. <laughs> <laughs> that was like pretty mm -hmm. life changing. And then was it four years ago? So that's yeah. interesting because when Bobby was talking about it, yeah. she said, um, you know, one of the meaningful questions uh, she said it was here at Commons, but when she was asked, what do you want to do here? Mm -hmm. You know, like she came and, and she felt like that was meaningful because it wasn't just, um, here's what we need you to do. It was like, hey, like there's obviously all of us who have a job, we get paid. So there's, mm -hmm. there's part of our work mm -hmm. that we do because the organization needs that done. Mm -hmm. But there's always a level where I want everyone to figure out like, what is it that you want to do? What do you want mm -hmm. to contribute? What do you, what do you want to create for yourself? Yeah. The beauty of I think a job like this is that you get to create a lot of the role, right? Like, I mean, mm -hmm. being a pastor is not sort of a, you know, a very simple job description. Mm -hmm. You get to shape it. Um, but that's interesting to hear both of you sort of talk about, you know, that question of what do you want to contribute mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, here's what we need you to do or what does that mm -hmm. look like? I, I, I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know if that means anything. It's just interesting to sort of reflect yeah. on that. Yeah. And that was just such like an opening question for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait, you mean like I have options? Right. <laughs> They're like opportunities? Yeah. Like it just kind of got my imagination like mm -hmm. flying and kind of got me connected with some of my desires that yeah. I had and couldn't articulate until that particular moment. Right. So it's actually, yeah, it was. It's, I think it's a really, so, you know, Ashley's commented here that, you know, um, meaningful questions don't happen without understanding. Uh, asking needs to come with listening and observing. And I, I think that's totally true. And I think that's um, at a, at a, I don't know, I don't want to say a shallower level. One level, that's what I'm talking about with that sort of EQ. Like yeah. asking a question can be um, like a deeply personal thing. Mm -hmm. So when people ask you a question and they haven't sort of earned the right to ask that question, mm -hmm. um, I think that can make us sort of back away a little bit and, mm -hmm. and put up some walls mm -hmm. to it. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. at the other level, knowing what to ask takes some time to yeah. listen to people and understand what's going on. Um, there's, there's the ritual of a question like, what's your high and your low for the today? Yeah. And that's just sort of a thing that mm -hmm. we do in our mm -hmm. house. Mm -hmm. But that more meaningful question that comes out of, you know, maybe what Eaton's answered about his high and, you know, what was meaningful about that? Or, mm -hmm. you know, when you mm -hmm. dive into mm -hmm. that there and then you hear his mm -hmm. feedback and you keep talking, I mean, maybe that's where it becomes, you know, um, meaningful at a deeper mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> but all that said, that's part of what we're doing sort of in this series, yeah. right? Is we're sort of yeah. um, taking these questions in the Gospels as launching points. And then a lot of what we've been doing is just sort of, you know, speculating about the rest of the conversation <laughs> in and behind those questions, right? Because, you yeah. know, you've got, you've got these sort of very um, punctuated versions of the stories mm -hmm. that are clearly not capturing mm -hmm. everything that's going mm -hmm. on. They're, they're capturing mm -hmm. the highlights. So then how do you humanize those stories by sort of, you know, digging in a little bit more? So. <laughs> Reading between yeah. the lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the fun part of it. So. Yeah. Well, so about this story, <laughs> fear. Um, yeah, I think I'm a question asker, but I also think I'm a pretty fearful person or I've become one. Okay. I think I like, think was age. I think it was age. Really? Like the older I get, like. Yeah, See, because like the like... younger I was, I was okay. like not afraid to ask like stupid questions yeah. and like do crazy things like move across the world to Canada. Okay, so this is what you know, I was like, going to say. So I, I feel like... like I feel like the fact that you you have moved across the world to Canada. I mean, all these jumps. I mean, that to me sounds like a you know a person a, a personality that's quite um, not. I would not call you risk averse. No, no, no. I think, but I think my curiosity is larger than my fear. Okay. <laughs> like, even like moving to Calgary, yeah. that was also a result of a question, actually. Right. As uh, Dennis was just asked a question by um, a friend, like, why don't you consider Calgary for your degree? And I'm like, why don't we consider Calgary? Yeah. And we moved to Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was so, like, I love new things. I love exploring new things, starting new things, just doing something interesting. And yeah, so that kind of outweighed my, my fear, yeah. but it was not an easy move. No, for sure. Yeah, it was, it was easier to move when you're 24 than when you're 34. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah. definitely that would be true, I guess, in my life. Yeah. You know, you're more established, you know, for us now we've got mm -hmm. kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I would probably, say the same as you. I mean, I'm not a particularly risk-averse person either. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. How old am I now? At 35, I guess. You know, I quit my job and moved here, you know, moved Still to a different part of the city, but yeah. started a church and stuff. Yeah. I mean, um, and that was when, that was a year after we had adopted Eaton. Um, wow. Yeah. So, but mm -hmm. I, I mean, I remember uh, the first time I met you, was having coffee because mm -hmm. Dennis booked a coffee with me mm -hmm. to be like, Hey, we've, we've come into this church. Let's, you know, let's meet this guy and talk yeah. to him. And in the course of the conversation, Dennis is like, yeah, you know, he's telling me about his degree program he's working at. And then you were like, yeah, also I have a couple of degrees in theology <laughs> and a master's from Regent. And also, you know, I've, I've been a pastor before. And I remember like sitting through the conversation and at the end of it saying, so do you want a job at Commons? Like That's <laughs> right. That was, that was the third question it, that kind of changed. Like, You're right. You did ask me a question. That's right. I, I just remember. Opened in your world. Yes. Going yeah. into a conversation, just like, oh, yeah. I'm going to meet this couple. This will be fun. And like halfway through the conversation being like, oh, yeah. do you want a job? Do you want to come work here? <laughs> So, because we, you know, yeah. we were right in the middle of transition and looking yes. for someone and you had like, yeah, like stumbled into a coffee with me yeah, with all of this background and all this like and experience. I was looking for something like, yeah. like kind of community engagement. Yeah. Opportunity. So oh. that's so true. I forgot about that question. <laughs> Here you go. You're a person who also changed my life <laughs> years ago. <laughs> 
<laughs> Either that or Dennis was by booking a coffee to go from coffee with this random guy. <laughs> He's like, let's go and check him out. Yeah, like, totally. Who is this person? Who is this weird guy? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Okay, so wow. let's, let's, let's talk about the story the from Sunday. Yeah. So we were in um, we were in Mark four mm-hmm. and Matthew eight. Yeah. And the story also shows up in Luke eight. Luke. So yeah. I didn't that one. There's not. I just, I just didn't think there was enough to bother going to that one. But the, but the Mark and the Matthew ones are, are sort mm-hmm. of a different story. So what was your, um, yeah, I mean, what was interesting to you about some of these things? You, you've read through these stories, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Um, I, well, there were a couple of things. And one is I like how you noticed that Jesus brought a cushion with oh, yeah. him <laughs> on the boat. <laughs> I could picture like Jesus carrying a cushion with him. Yeah. I don't know. And just kind of. I don't know why, but I read that years ago and I've never, I don't think I've ever like thrown it into a sermon or anything, but for this time I was going to, but I've always just thought it was so weird that I'm like, Jesus was sleeping on his cushion. And I'm like, (laughs) why does he have a cushion? Where did he get that from? You know, I mean, I, I huh. probably the simplest explanation is, you know, they kept a cushion in the boat. Or in something. the boat, probably. You know, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, but yeah. That's not. Yeah. That's not very yeah. fun to think about. So yeah. I just, I just like the idea that maybe Jesus brought a cushion with him wherever he went. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's you, you. We were talking about this passage. You were saying yeah. like you read it. Jesus is super busy. Yes, right? like teaching, like public speaking for the whole day. Yeah, the whole day. Yeah. So I mean. Which to say he doesn't like, he wasn't planning ahead thinking, well, I'm just going to catch a nap here. I mean, Jesus yeah. takes naps a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What and did you think about the cushion? I just thought that um, I liked it how you connected. You went into it like right after you said that the season have uncovered some of the oh, fears yeah. that we have. And that some of those fears, like we kind of need to find this balance between honoring our fears, yeah. but also not letting them immobilize us. Right. And I just thought maybe this cushion was kind of like a balance. Oh, interesting thing here, yeah. right? It's like how our self care helps us balance between like fears, yeah. like because what's real and what okay. is, you know, imaginary, and what is, yeah. Kind of that, I mean, I hadn't even thought of that, but that is yeah. that is kind of neat because I mean, that's my take. That's where I took mm-hmm. sort of the Matthew version of the story, but mm-hmm. I didn't really put that together. Um, in terms of, you know, Jesus' encouragement that, hey, you, you can handle more than this and don't be immobilized by fear. Um, mm. that, that maybe part of it is Jesus isn't immobilized because he took a nap. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, don't, right? I don't mean I to be like dismissive, but yeah, like yeah. He's, he's had time to rest. He's mm. had time to recuperate and he can look at it with a more um, neutral view and mm-hmm. just say, okay, we can deal with this. Mm-hmm. The disciples, in, to be fair, if Jesus has been public speaking all day, Maybe they're not, they haven't been expending the same energy, but they've mm-hmm. been, you know, looking after him, probably keeping the crowd in yeah. line, listening to Jesus. Now mm-hmm. they're the ones rowing the boat across the shore. Like they, yeah. they probably are exhausted, which may be why the storm actually, Scares which is a good them. point. Yeah. Not only scary, but maybe, um, you know, maybe, the, like... maybe the storm is, is more of a danger to them than it would have been any other time because they're more tired. Right. Yeah. You know, like yeah. maybe fresh, at the start of a day, this is a storm they can handle. Mm-hmm. At the end of a day, mm-hmm. being up all night, Jesus is dead tired. He's having a sleep. They're still <laughs> yeah. rowing. Maybe they can't handle the storm here, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Like yeah. if you you try to put these sort of um, these little moments in the Gospels into their larger context mm-hmm. of like what's been mm-hmm. happening this day. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I never even thought of that, but yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. I just thought like, what are some of those things that I was also thinking about like me, what, what helps me to balance, right. you know, because each day kind of brings its own fears. Right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. So what does, how do you, what do you, so I made a joke yeah. about self-care, like yeah. bubble baths and you know, whatever yeah. manicures or something yeah. like that. But what, what does it look Cushion. like? For you? <laughs> yeah. I, um, so I think, like having a dog has really helped this season mm -hmm. with all the uncertainty mm -hmm. and um, like fear that is like all around us really. Yeah. And it's not an imaginary fear. It's totally. like a real thing. Um, but taking my dog for a walk each morning for like 35, 40 minutes mm -hmm. and playing with her mm -hmm. because I, I kind of like regionally when we just got a dog and in February and I was like, ah, I'm it's, it's kind of first I was like, it's a bit of a chore, yeah. but I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> As Dennis takes her out in the evening, I'll do it in the morning. And I'm not or a morning a person. So for me, it's like real sacrifice. Yeah. I'm not a morning person at all. <laughs> yeah. So, And then it turned into like, okay, I'll take a dog out for a walk. Like, what am I going to get out of it? The question is, I'm going to exercise and walk fast. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, I'm just going to let myself play a little bit. Sure. It's like it kind of moved into. But yeah. that's that's kind of a little bit of like yeah. self-care for me. That kind of starts my day. And if I love being outside. I can like mm. look at the trees. It's beautiful now. Yeah. What about you? I What's mean, your Not to steal your answer. <laughs> but I mean, definitely is a dog. So, I, so Yelena yeah. and I live quite close to each other, yeah. uh, both here in this neighborhood. So we both walk our dogs. So when we see each other, sometimes Yelena sees me and I don't see her because when I walk, I have my hood on and big headphones like, Jimmy, and I keep my I? head down. <laughs> so a couple of times, a couple of times I've heard Yelena like, hello, hello. Right? Around, I'm like, oh, hey. and then I, but I'm, it's not like I'm not friendly. But no, 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 no. You are. My own You're space. just focused. Yeah. But, um, but I walk my dog. Uh, yeah. every morning and every mm -hmm. night twice a day mm -hmm. every day and rachel jokes about it because she's like sometimes she'd be like i would like to walk the dog sometimes too um and she can walk the dog i mean mm -hmm. cedar would go for walks all day long but um you know literally mm -hmm. you know walking the dog is is it's one of my favorite things because i get up in the morning i shower i walk the dog and i have like 30 minutes to myself usually with an audiobook mm -hmm. um and I get set before I come into the office. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the night, after tonight, once I get home, uh, you know, I'll take mm -hmm. another 30 minutes and, and I'll walk the dog yeah. in, in the evening and stuff. And so usually it's after I put it to bed, I read him, you know, whatever we're reading that week. Mm -hmm. and, and then I walk the dog. And um, it might not sound a like a big ritual deal. again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's the walking the dog. It's having the time to myself. Um, and also, I mean, I, I love my dog. I mean, Peter mm -hmm. and I hang out all the time. So uh, it's that. But it's also just, for me, it's it's just the ritual of it mm -hmm. more than anything mm -hmm. else. It's just mm -hmm. like, this is what I do at the end mm -hmm. of the night. And I don't yeah. like I don't think I could sleep. I couldn't, you know, I, I, I'm very much a ritual person. Like, yeah. you know that around yeah. the house. Like, there's, yeah. I like having a schedule yeah. all the time. So, you know, walking the dog's a big yeah. one. No, I can relate to that. I feel like like when I don't have a schedule structure, right. I just feel like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, life has no yeah, meaning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh. Right. Rachel laughs because she's like, you know, when even when I'm on vacation or something, all yeah. I want to do is like stick to my schedule all the time. And like, yeah, this is great. It's just like it's just my schedule without anything to get in the way of my schedule. That yeah. that sounds like an awesome <laughs> vacation. So. Oh, funny. Oh, well. Um, yeah. Well, one other thought I had about um the fear they had in the boat, yeah. right? We talked about two stories and yeah. you said that one fear is about fear that threatens us 
And the other fear is a fear of something that can save us, mm-hmm. um, which is really, yeah, interesting distinction. Why did you, why did you choose to go with that kind mm-hmm. of, it's not like layered fear, you know? Right. I feel like one is, can be a bit more visible, or at least in the story, yeah. one fear is a bit more like... Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one. I mean, I, I read through, I mean, I've read these stories lots of times. Um, mm. I've never preached them this way. Okay. Uh, together, mm-hmm. sort of interacting mm-hmm. the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed the differences. I mean, mm-hmm. most commentaries notice the differences mm-hmm. too. It's not like that's a big insight. Yeah. But I've never sort of preached, you know, playing the two versions of the comic mm-hmm. storm off each other. And I just thought that would be interesting. Like, mm-hmm. like honestly... Honestly, like a lot of what I'm doing when I'm preaching is I'm just like, like, what's an interesting angle? Right. Particularly on stories that, you know, I feel like we've heard before. Mm-hmm. It's like, how mm-hmm. can I come at this at a new way? Right. So we can hear it for the first time. Um, so I'm always looking for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm going to blank on them right now, but there's six things about the commons teaching voice that we have on a document somewhere. And one of them is, you know, unexpected. Right. Like what's, right. what's the angle that you can take on this that, that we haven't heard before? Mm-hmm. We're always trying to find mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, every sermon. So that was the one I took. And the language that I used on Sunday was that the Matthew version feels like the more straightforward version. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a storm, we're scared. Why are you so scared? Here, I'll calm the storm mm-hmm. for you. That's how I expect the story to go, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the sort of, even if we've read the Mark version, that's the version we all kind of have in our mind, right? There's, they're scared of a storm and, and mm-hmm. Jesus calms them. Mm-hmm. Um, then you go to the Mark version and you're like, well, in the Mark version, he calms the storm and then he asks they're... them why they're so afraid. So why? Like, why, mm-hmm. what would, why would, why would mm-hmm. he ask them there if they're afraid if the storm has already been calmed? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I got thinking, okay, well, that must be then he must still see some kind of fear in their eyes. Um, is it lingering fear of the storm? Or is it that fear of, of Jesus? Like, mm-hmm. not like they think he's a villain, but just yeah, like, yeah. oh, like this guy is for real. You know, like if if a if a human being in front of me mm-hmm. pulled a David Copperfield and like <laughs> calmed a storm or something, like I'm not talking about David Blaine, I'm talking about like a full on <laughs> David Copperfield here. Then like that would be a little scary, I think, yeah. in some level. And so, you know, is that what Jesus is calling out? Is there fear? Right. So then I started thinking about okay, so these are two different types of fears. Mm-hmm. So there's the fear of the thing that's that really is scary. Mm-hmm. And what's he saying there? And then there's the fear of the thing that promises to save us or the thing that's in front of us. But then once you have that as a starting Mm -hmm. point, those are actually both really fascinating questions because you go back to the Matthew version. So that's where I sort of laid it out. Then I went back to the Matthew version. And you say, well, then why is Jesus like almost shaming them for being afraid of a storm? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't think he means it in a shaming way necessarily. But there is that level where it's like, well, why would you even ask? Why are you so afraid? Like, of course yeah. they're afraid. It's a storm. Yeah. And that's when I started wrestling with the idea of like, maybe it's it's maybe the fear is the problem because it's it's like um, they shouldn't they they can yeah. get through this yeah. on their own. Like right. they, they've done this before. They're yeah. sailors. Yeah. Um, and so, is fear a problem? No, because there's things that are worth mm-hmm. being afraid of. Mm-hmm. When fear stops us from moving forward. Mm-hmm. or when fear immobilizes us or when mm-hmm. fear, you know, gets in the way of us um, really being ourselves. Mm-hmm. Is that what Jesus is talking about? Mm-hmm. And again, we're, we're kind of speculating, mm-hmm. we're reading into yeah. it, but that, that's all of a sudden, I think a really 
uh, a really compelling question, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it honors uh, the disciples as well. So it's right. not just like a rhetorical kind of like, why are you so afraid? It's right. like, you know, this is who you are. Like, you yeah. can do this. What What's going on mm -hmm. that, that you can't? What's happening in this very moment yeah. that is kind of stopping you? Um, so the line yeah. I used mm -hmm. that I thought was, to me anyway, was yeah. sort of provocative, was that idea of... Um, uh, I, if, I'd have to look at my notes, but it's something like along the lines of sometimes the faith that we put in Jesus looks like the faith that we place in right. ourselves. Yes, right. You know, to be able yeah. to to know that Jesus is with us and moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Which I don't, I, I don't actually think it's all that provocative. I think that's actually a, a very true thing to say. Like to believe in Jesus is is to trust Jesus when Jesus says you can do you it. can do this. Can do it, yeah. um, but I think sometimes our concept of faith is so disconnected from believing in ourselves, ourselves and, yes. and what we can accomplish. So yeah. I think sometimes we diminish yeah. that idea that, that Jesus has faith in us mm -hmm. and not faith mm -hmm. in like Jesus, you know, you know, yeah. uh, trusts in us for salvation or something, mm -hmm. but Jesus believes in us. Jesus thinks mm -hmm. we can accomplish things. Jesus believes that we mm -hmm. can contribute to the kingdom of God, you know, mm -hmm. that, that with mm -hmm. our actions, we can make earth a little bit more mm -hmm. like it is in heaven. Like that's what Jesus prays. Yeah. I mean, that seems to me to be a Jesus who, like puts a lot of trust and faith in us. Yes, and yeah. sometimes I'm not sure we have the same trust in ourselves. I also feel like a lot of messaging in um, in Christianity is like, you can't do anything right. without God. It's yeah, like yeah. a lot of messaging is kind of disempowering. Mm -hmm. Do you think? And it's, and the whole language, like there's a lot of language in the Bible about us being co-workers yes, with God, yes. co-laborers with God, and God really wanting us to be part of this story of Absolutely. renewing the world. But a lot of mess messaging that is happening mm -hmm. is kind of like you are totally like depraved of all goodness, of nothing. Like it's almost like you can't bring that like, right. yeah. You know. Which are, you know, which are verses that I think are often taken out of context, mm -hmm. right? Like um, when, you know, the one that gets quoted all the time is, you know, your righteousness is like filthy rags and mm -hmm. stuff like that. That's not talking <laughs> about our contribution sure. to the kingdom of God and good works in the world. That's talking mm -hmm. about religious ceremony devoid of doing oh, good yeah. things in the world. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's the righteousness that's yeah. like filthy rags yeah. is, is the righteousness that is just that is disconnected exactly. from the real action. Righteousness yes. that does create mm -hmm. justice and peace in the world. The righteousness that does go out and care for those who are in need. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the kind of that's the kind of righteousness God is actually calling for in that mm -hmm. passage, and yet somehow yeah. we use that passage as if it's telling us, "Oh, you can't do anything good." It's not, yeah. No, it's saying you have to do something mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. You know. So how how do we keep those things better connected? What do you think? Like, is, is there? I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's just conversations like this. I think so. Yeah, yeah, conversations and um, maybe reading the the whole story, right. <laughs> and not just yeah. taking pieces like out of context mm -hmm. and yeah. No, where's the, where's the balance on that? Because I think there is mm -hmm. very much mm -hmm. sort of that message in the scriptures that is about, look, you can't, you can't save the world. Right. Yeah. On your own. Mm -hmm. um, and you, and first of all, I think the scriptures are saying, first of all, you can't, don't think, um, don't think so highly of yourself. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. the scriptures mm -hmm. are also saying, don't mm -hmm. put that weight on yourself. Like that's not your job. Right. Yes. You know, it's not your yeah. job to save mm -hmm. everyone. It's your job to make your slice of the world a little bit better, better. than you found it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's your mission in life. Mm -hmm. Your mission is life is, is not to be, you know, whoever mm -hmm. you're comparing yourself with. Mm -hmm. Your mission is to be you the best mm -hmm. version of that you can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
Well, maybe it's just like looking at what you have around and just kind of what is the little thing that I can't actually do, you know? It's like, where is it? Is it in Ezekiel where it says like what the like Israel is in exile, but you like plant gardens, build oh, homes. Jeremiah. Oh, Jeremiah. Yeah, right. Jeremiah. Build yeah, like like live life yeah. and and build a good life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. Um, plant, uh, build homes, plant yeah. gardens, settle down, get uh-huh. married, give your sons uh-huh. and daughters in marriage, yeah. pray for the peace and prosperity of the of city the that land. you're in, yeah. regardless of where you are. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's actually one of my favorite passages. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was yeah. that was Matthew's fear. Yes. You know? Which and... is, I mean, an interesting way of saying it, right? Because, um, so we were just talking about this, right? You've yeah. got, presumably you know, some number of disciples in the boat. In the we boat. don't know exactly. Yep. Yep. I don't know if it's all 12. That's a big boat <laughs> if it's all 12 of them, but presumably some number. Yep. So you've got these two perspectives on the fear. Yep. Matthew's perspective, Mark's perspective. Mark's um, and we were kind of talking about this. Yeah. When you've got all these disciples, um, maybe it's not so much that Matthew's right and Mark's wrong, which I don't mm-hmm. think. I think they're both mm-hmm. right. Um, or that they're even just picking one or the other. It could be that some of the disciples you know, Matthew is more resonating with their experience of the story yeah. and he sees their fear this. Of, of the yeah. storm. And that's what yeah. he gravitates to when he writes the story. Mm-hmm. It could be that other disciples in the same situation mm-hmm. are in this sort of fearful awe of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That's the other thing is Matthew says the disciples were amazed by Jesus. Right. Um, the disciples or Mark says that they were fear. They so were afraid terrified. of this man. Yeah. Who is this man? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but Mark may be picking up on, you know, two of the mm-hmm. disciples are afraid of mm-hmm. Jesus and three of the mm-hmm. disciples are amazed of Jesus. And, and just even the fact that um, in this one moment, because you have a crowd, right. yeah. you have different people reacting in different ways, which is, I mean, mm-hmm. very much the experience of preaching, right? Like, mm-hmm. You preach things and people take all kinds of different things from it. Like you're different. You things. can't read the room sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, right what's now, going on? right now you can't read the room. You're like talking to this camera yeah. here. You know, so, yeah. I, you know yeah. what? Honestly, this is. Um, I think I talked about this, Scott, but the last two weeks have felt all right. so yes. much more familiar to me. Like okay. learning how to read the room mm-hmm. and react a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to sort of um, modulate. Your mm-hmm. timing and even your mm-hmm. language and what you're saying to the room. Like, mm-hmm. I think my first couple of weeks back, I just, I just, just out of practice, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I just, I have forgotten how to preach in a way that was, um, yeah, reacting to the room. I, yeah. I was used to preaching to a yeah. camera. And so, um, I think I'm getting better at preaching at a camera. I hope so. Uh, hopefully I'm learning yeah. something over this time, but I'm, I've realized in the last couple of weeks, I'm remembering how to You're preach to an audience. Like again. muscle so, memory. Yeah, He's exactly. coming back. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's yeah. part of what's mm-hmm. happening with Matthew and Mark, mm-hmm. right? Is they're, they're mm-hmm. picking up on the energy mm-hmm. of, of different mm-hmm. people in that moment. Mm-hmm. Different fears. Like yeah, different they fears have, in that moment. Right. Yeah. And that's what I, um, I was thinking too, that they all have, um, like fear can be just so like isolating. Yeah. Like when 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 I'm afraid, I often feel like I almost see my fear as something that shouldn't be shared. Mm-hmm. I should kind of keep it and conquer it and deal with it and then kind of go to the world yeah. on this other side and not bring it bring it out with me right. because it's like, you know, vulnerability and all that stuff. It's I, I don't do that very but well. How much, how much do we contribute to that in preaching when the only stories we tell are like, hey, I used to struggle with this. I know. I overcame <laughs> it. And then like, those, it's like, it's like so that's awful. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it really it's is. So it's really awful. unhealthy. I know. You know? 
like you know and and you hear that all the time in christian language like you know preachers and and i think we're all um i think we're all guilty of it yeah because it is scary to talk about the things you're still scared of mm -hmm. or the things you still struggle with mm -hmm. and once you overcome them then you have a sort of ease you have a sort of comfort yeah. and then you can tell that story right but i think what you're naming is a real problem when we always retreat into ourselves mm -hmm. when we're afraid of the thing mm -hmm. and then when we overcome that then we yeah. come forward and, and we share it with somebody yeah and that's what i found really interesting about this story is that okay let's say there are 12 of them in that boat mm -hmm. and they're all terrified and they have this kind of shared fear at right. the same time and yeah and they can see it in each other faces probably and it's yeah okay so how and, yeah, okay, so this would ahead. have been a way better sermon than the one that I <laughs> preached on Sunday. But how is that not like a perfect metaphor for everything we're experiencing as a society right now with COVID, right? Where we all know, like mm -hmm. you pass people on the street and everybody's Everyone like, like, you know, distant, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but the same thing is um, we're all feeling this. We're all afraid of this, but we don't know what we're afraid of. Like, um, mm. is, is the person you're talking to mm -hmm. um, immune compromised? And what they're afraid of right now is their health. Right. Do they have a loved one who right. they're worried about getting sick? Mm -hmm. Are they worried about their job right now? Have they lost their job and they're worried about making pain? Like, right. there's so many different things that are going on in society. And we're all feeling this fear, but they're all different fears. And we're all not exactly. sharing it. We're all, yeah. we're all saying at a generic yeah. level, oh yeah, yeah, like COVID is scary. Mm -hmm. But we're not talking about the specifics of it. We're not naming yeah. the thing mm -hmm. that's actually, mm -hmm. you know, threatening us. And I think that does feel more isolating, doesn't it? I think it's super isolating. Yeah. And yeah. we, um, yeah. And that was kind of like my question, I guess. What, what will help us to deal mm -hmm. with this fear? Maybe, maybe just like talking about it yeah. you know like even with groups one of my first questions for this week was um what are some of the fears that mm. this season kind of surfaced in you or you know and and what are you doing about it what is helping you kind of kind of just giving people an opportunity to name some of mm. those things and yeah and maybe it is maybe it is i mean obviously it's not i'm not we're not talking about a silver bullet like you do this and then you're not afraid right anymore. no but i think it is sometimes it's about it's about naming the specifics of it like mm. to talk about things in generic terms um and don't get me wrong i, I don't think yeah. you dive it's it's just like we mm. said with questions right you don't mm. dive right into these things no. you, you know you mm -hmm. People, people and spaces earn the right to hear, right. you know, those more intimate details. But having some space where you mm -hmm. can be specific about the thing that you're afraid of, mm -hmm. not, yeah, oh, COVID's, COVID's <laughs> throwing us all for a loop right now. Right. And, uh, you know, like, you know, the ways that we all talk right now. But specifically, mm -hmm. this is what I'm afraid of right now, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. maybe it has nothing to do with COVID. I mean, mm -hmm. obviously, we're afraid of all kinds of things all the time. But mm -hmm. maybe that's a big part of it is, is naming it, being specific about it having spaces where we feel safe to share mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's part of what stops us from being immobilized, at least. A little cushion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you just exactly. talk about your fear. Because well, yeah. at some yeah, totally. level, um, at some level, isn't even naming the thing no longer being immobilized by it? I think so. Yeah. It kind of like makes right. it more manageable right. and it reduces it because you take it out of your mm -hmm. imagination that enlarges it and yeah. kind of like, okay, it makes it more specific and, and but you you've kind of already deal with now it. Now done something with it. 
Right. Right. So yes. it's like, you're, yeah, you're immobilized. I can't move. Um, now, even the fact that you've talked mm -hmm. about it, you've done something mm -hmm. with it. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden, like doing the next thing doesn't seem mm -hmm. as scary because I've done something with it. I haven't just been frozen by it. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. that's something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay. What do we, we're way over time here. <laughs> Are we? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. But let's talk um... about, do we want to get to, what do we want to say about the Mark version of the story? Do you want to say anything about that? What was... That was like a super deep dive into <laughs> into you and God, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. What like hmm. it was like it was I it was beautiful and poetic the way you put it. <laughs> it was yeah. It's like what if God is real? You know? Yeah. Like that. That's kind of yeah. Like, I mean, what I, are you afraid of? What? Why are you afraid that this right. this reality can be true? Yeah. Right? Yeah, and obviously, I think. You know, the, 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 not the surface level, but the Mark story, I think, is about this idea that, okay, so the disciples want Jesus to be the Messiah. They, mm -hmm. they believe in that. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, okay, like he can, he can tell waves to stop. He can tell mm -hmm. wind to quiet down. Like we are in something bigger than we thought we were. Right. 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 Um, and, and clearly that is in the context of Jesus and his sort of power over nature, mm -hmm. uh, which is a really big theme there. But yeah, that's what I started thinking about is that bigger picture of, okay, so if they're overwhelmed by the idea of coming face to face with, okay, so this is, this is real. Jesus mm -hmm. is really something mm -hmm. or everything that we hoped. Mm -hmm. That was my sort of like, well, what, what if God was everything that I hoped? That was my sort right. of takeaway. And yeah. that was like, well, what do I hope for God? I hope that God, I hope that God is infinite love. I hope that God is always forgiving. I hope yeah. that God um, is never anything I need to be afraid of and always something that will welcome me. And then you say, okay, but what if, what if God really is that? Mm -hmm. Like, what if God really will always welcome mm -hmm. my neighbor, my enemy, the person I've been mm -hmm. conditioned to hate, mm -hmm. the person I've been told I'm supposed to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. Um, if God is honestly unconditional love and that unconditional love is always offered to me, then the implication of that is that God is always oh, going to be that. Right. And am I ready to live my life if I let yes. go of all my fears of right. those things? Right. Like, am yeah. I am I honestly ready? Um, am I honestly ready for a life mm. where every time I'm afraid of someone, every time I'm afraid of something, every time I want to say that that person is mm -hmm. different than me, my response is they're not and I don't yeah. need to be afraid yeah. and God loves them and God loves me and God is with us all. Like, yeah. do I, do I really want to live that life? Like that's that yes. a life without fear is yes. kind of scary. It is scary because you don't right. have your managing mechanisms. Exactly. Like how do yeah. you navigate the world that yeah. you used to like control my, and manage? Exactly. Cause my yeah. fears yeah. are how I decide who's on my side and mm -hmm. against me, Right. Mm -hmm. But if I honestly don't have to be afraid, then honestly, I'm going to have to live differently. Yeah. And I'm going to have to interact with people differently. I'm going to have to be more kind, more generous, mm -hmm. more generous, more selfless. And that's, you know, that's what I said on Sunday was the idea that I think sometimes the spirit of God really does break through and we get a glimpse mm -hmm. of that world. And we really are mm -hmm. captivated by mm -hmm. the, the love of God. Mm -hmm. And then we find ways to back away from that. Mm -hmm. And we're like, well, oh, yes, Mm -hmm. yes god is loving yeah. but also god is this and and all of a sudden it's like slowly we make god more a little bit Goodness. more like us again yeah. because yeah. that feels more comfortable yeah and to really blow those doors open and say for the disciples to say if jesus can really do this 
then then what can't Jesus do? Mm-hmm. And if God really loves me the way that I hope, then who can't God love? And what could that be like? And what mm-hmm. could my life look like that? I mean, it's it's beautiful. Ooh, but it's like yeah. different type of holiness. It is. Right? right? It's like, what is the vision of holiness here? Yeah. It's not this manageable oh, yes. like list of things that yes. I can do to be right. holy and righteous. It's it's a very different picture of sanctification yeah. almost. You okay, know? So that was like getting near the end of the message. And I was right. like running out of time and I was like throwing <laughs> stuff out there. But I like I, I made that comment. I said, like a God who's angry. Right. I can get my head around and I can work around that. Like if I figure out the rules, yeah. I can appease that God yes. and I can yes. do it. Yes. That okay, like I know we all we don't want an angry God or anything. <laughs> but but honestly, it's there's something that feels easy. really safe about a God mm-hmm. who's like, all I've got to do is I just gotta figure out the rules and I gotta live mm-hmm. by the rules. Cause mm-hmm. then I can make sure that God is happy with me. Yeah. But a God that you honestly can't win over mm-hmm. with your actions. A God that you can only receive love from mm-hmm. and then pass that love on. Like has the the level of holiness and sanctification that comes on the side of that story is so much more mm-hmm. than the implications of a God who's like, okay, he asks a lot, but I, <laughs> I can figure it out. Yeah. A God who is infinite grace, who the only thing you can do is try to live towards that, um, is going to ask a lot more from me eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that okay. Now mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Not, we already like the, the two sermons are already way better than the one. The one about we're all afraid and we don't name the thing in front of us, and we yeah. all have these different fears. That would have been a way better sermon. Oh. Than but this also this idea that um, this God that we're talking about, you know, the God right. that that we see in Jesus, yeah. is a God that is so easy to fall in love with and mm-hmm. so easy to start with, mm-hmm. but it gets harder and it gets more taxing and it gets more. Um, it, it, hard's not the right word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's just there, there, there's always another step to go. Yeah. Whereas the God level. of rules and yeah. the God of anger and the God of make me happy, mm-hmm. you figure it out and you work really hard and then you either pass or fail, right? This God that we're talking about, that is infinite gracious love, is a God that the next step of your mm-hmm. Christian life will always be harder than the last one. Mm-hmm. Like you'll never yeah. get there. And it can be kind of spiral. You can be yeah. the same step, yeah. like the same situation, but in a different totally. context, right? And it's, yeah. And so, and so then we have this idea of it's super easy to begin. Yes. You can stumble into the Jesus yeah. story. Yeah. But every step's <laughs> going to get harder and harder. Yeah. And that's actually the story that I want. Like I don't mm. want to succeed at my Christianity. And be like, okay, I don't do these things. I do all these things. I've check given marks, enough money. I, you know, I'm marks, done now. Yeah. I actually want a God where, you know, on the first day of my journey, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly loved. On the thousandth day, I'm perfectly loved. But there's always one more step in front mm-hmm. of me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really intimidating mm-hmm. about this idea of a God who really actually is infinite mm-hmm. forgiveness and unconditional love. Mm-hmm. And it's like infinite learning more about this God and learning to live and journey and kind of, yeah, yeah, communicate. Yeah. Yeah. Because one, yeah, one's a pass and fail. And one is for the rest of my life, Life. I've always got to keep putting one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. Yeah. With full trust. Yeah. Which is like, (laughs) so (laughs) super scary. Cool. Okay. We we, we did go over time. We spent uh, an hour here, but um, 
let's was, wrap it up conversation yeah. so yeah oh, talking about good. fears thanks. fears and questions so um thanks for joining us today uh, uh here on the after party uh sunday bobby's actually teaching we're going to look at another story a great one with peter uh the whole why did you why did you doubt the walking on the water story which is oh, a really neat story so, so yeah uh, we'll pick that up and then um we'll be back here on the after party next tuesday talking yeah. about doubt cool all right. Thanks for being Great here. Questions. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. I love it. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. We will see you soon. Good night. How do I turn this off now? What am I looking for? <laughs> Everybody's still watching us right now. That's fine. <laughs>